0: What's up, guys? Thank you for coming out. A lot of guys, actually. Wow, there's there are two girls out there. A lot there. This is awesome. A lot of dudes. Yeah, uh, that's what we expected. Uh, as Leftco said, thanks to our sponsors at Manscaped for throwing this. Um, you guys who are loyal listeners of Stick to Football know that one of our favorite things to do is to get out to meet you guys, to hang out. So thank you for coming out. We have a special guest who will be joining us in about 10 minutes. Alec Ogletree of the New York Giants. Make some noise for him. Hey, give it up for Alec. So we're going to do a normal stick-to-football show tonight. Connor and I are going to talk about what's going on around the league right now. We're going to interview Alec, and then you guys get to ask questions with your draft-on-draft draft questions. So this will be, if you're a listener, it will be familiar to you, right? So, do it, man? Ready to kick this thing off? All right, here we go. We'll jump right in. The biggest news of the day, my Kansas City Chiefs make the trade to get Frank Clark from the Seattle Seahawks. Connor and I have been talking about it all day. We've been talking about it for months, Like that we thought this trade could happen, Um, especially once the Russell Wilson deal got done. We felt like it it was very likely that this was going to happen. I know I'm excited about it, but I expect you to be the voice of reason here.
1: No, I think it's one of those rare trades where both sides win. When you look at it, Seattle was coming into this draft, four picks. So something we say on every single show is you need more draft capital. They're not a rebuilding team. They just gave Russell Wilson a lot of money. But still, when you can get back a first and a second for a guy – They were not going to give him that $63 million guaranteed, and he was not going to show up to camp on the franchise tag. They made that very clear early on. Uh, When you look at Kansas City, I mean, you ship D Ford out because of a scheme change. That's a big loss for them. So when it comes down to it, they need to add a pass rusher. They're in win-now mode. You look at Pat Mahomes there. I mean, this is a team that wants to be back in the AFC championship game. Guy's pretty good. So. Matt has said this on every single show. Veach is going to be one of the most aggressive general managers in football, and he continues to prove that with this deal.
0: Yeah, and I, I think from the, the Kansas City perspective, and I know you guys are probably tired of hearing about Kansas City, yeah, but we're going to keep talking teams. about it. Uh, this This is one of those moves that while you have a quarterback who's still on a rookie wage scale deal, you have to be aggressive. Look at what the Rams did. With Jared Goff on a, a similar deal, you can pay Aaron Donald and go get Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib and, and Dama and try to build a team that can close that gap. And they got close. They almost made it, almost took down the New England Patriots. I think the Chiefs are trying to do a similar thing where, OK, I think Frank Clark is a better player than D Ford. So you made an upgrade there. And yes, it costs money. But as we always say, the salary cap is fake. It doesn't matter that you're going to have to pay him $63 million guaranteed because the cap will go up again next year. And then there's a new CBA that's coming into play where the players might get a bigger piece of the pie. So I think this is smart forecasting, not just by Veach and Andy Reid, but by Clark Hunt, by ownership of the Chiefs to say, we're not worried about the salary cap. We can still pay Chris Jones and and be this dominant team who like right now i think they have one of the best one two punches in the nfl on defense
1: yeah and i think something that a lot of people are missing with frank clark is last year he was one of the best pass rushers in all of football this is he got demarcus lawrence money because a lot of people around the league believe he'll have a lawrence impact so i think when you look at how does this change the draft when it comes down to it kansas city was a team they've been calling to look to move up they've been aggressive they wanted to get one of the top five, top six pass rushers. Instead, they get a guy pro-ready, goes back to the winning window, and a guy that they felt like they could pay for the future that fits the scheme, not just a pass rusher, but a guy that could defend the run.
0: Let's take this back to the draft, Connor. The Seahawks, like you said, only had four picks coming into this week. Now they add pick number 29 overall, and they get uh, they swap third-round picks. So you're picking a little bit later in round three, but they add a 2020 second-round pick. I have a final seven-round mock draft coming out Thursday morning. I'll be nice enough and spoil it for you. I think they can get Cleveland Farrell at 21, and I think they can get Lonnie Johnson at 29 and fill those two biggest needs that they have if we don't see them trade back. So I think the draft implications for Seattle, my personal belief is you're overvaluing picks instead of a proven player. But if you're worried about... The cap. If you're worried about f- giving Frank Clark that money, now you have the ammo and a lot of flexibility, really, because they can move back from 21. They could sell 29. But I think they can walk away with two starters. And they this is a team that reloaded really well. Yes, uh, last year on the fly, we thought they were going to be a bad team last year, and they didn't get impact from their first round pick Rashad Penny. So now they can
1: reload a little bit on the go. I think to put a bow on this, Matt. The one thing I have to ask you is is this enough for Kansas city? Because now you're without a lot of ammo in this draft. Yes. They had extra day two picks to work with, but what people want to know at the end of the day is, is this enough to get over the hump of the new England Patriots? I, I think it
0: is because uh, I think the hope is that you see development from Mahomes in year two. I know a lot of people much believe in a, a sophomore slump, right? But um, there were some, there were five or six touchdowns left on the field last year. So I, I think it is enough. Like you said, they have picks 61, 63, and now I believe they have 84 overall in round three. And Brett Veach uh, has been aggressive. I think he has an iffy track record right now as a drafter, um, especially with just that really one class. We haven't seen a big dividend yet, but they have to hit those three picks if they're going to catch New England, who, by the way, has 12 picks in this draft.
1: Yeah. Well, now to keep it moving because everyone's tired of talking about the Chiefs back to the top of the Stick draft to the Chiefs. There's yeah. been a lot of talk this week. Will Kyler Murray actually be the number one pick? Uh, I know CBS, I believe, alerted that he won't be Yeah. Yeah. With that reaction, is has anything changed since January? No. no. Did you
0: want more than that? I don't think anything's changed. I understand that. This time of year, we all feel pressure to send off that fire tweet that's going to get all these likes and retweets. I, I feel that way too sometimes. Like, man, I wish I had something to put out there because I'm—I I would love for y'all to react to it, this right? Trap. But you don't want to just make something up or get blatantly used by a team. I've been burned before. I was telling a story on Adam Lefko's podcast comes out tomorrow. You guys want to check that out like I got burnt last year by a team who said hey our coaches want this player we might t- we might draft him they didn't it made me look stupid but that was real information that a team gave me I don't doubt that someone told Pete Prisco that the Cardinals dreamed up this Kyler Murray situation to sell season tickets but that's like that's that's like the draft day movie dumb like that doesn't happen teams NFL teams aren't struggling to sell tickets They're like $300 a pop. I don't think you have to lie and say we might take Kyler Murray while in the meantime we're pissing off our very thin-skinned
1: quarterback that that we took last year. Yeah, I just don't think it's worth it. That was the next thing I was going to lead to. You don't let all of this go on if you feel that – you know, you're not going to lead Josh Rosen astray for no reason. Like, he's if been you, vocal if about your this.
0: girlfriend was insecure, would you flirt with another girl for three months right in front of her? No, I, That's I, I what like they're my doing, life. Thank you very right? much. Like, no, why would you do that? That's all they're doing, man. So, no, I don't think anything changed regardless of what CBS says. I do believe it'll be Kyler Murray, then Nick Bosa, and then it's going to get weird. Where it gets
1: real interesting, yeah. uh, my New York Jets. So when it comes down to it, everybody knows the Jets want to trade this pick. It's no secret. I think there's been a lot of buzz around whether it's Washington. Don't get your hopes up for the Giants. They don't ever do business. If the Jets stay at three, it's weird to say get stuck. Like the number three pick is a great pick. You don't want to say get stuck because you get a good player there. What is your gut feeling right now?
0: My gut is the OD line. Um, And I know that we've said Josh Allen for a long time because they missed on Anthony Barr in free agency. And it just makes sense, right, to Fill a gap with the guy that that burned you, that you had a deal done with and he backed out. I do think it'll be defensive line, and maybe I'm over-connecting some dots here with Greg Williams and the defense that he wants to run with the idea that Leonard Williams is going to be a free agent very soon, so why not just go best player available and take Quentin Williams, who is the top guy on my board. Um, Your favorite player at Oliver makes sense because you want interior pressure. Look at the playoffs. I think Mello said this on Mock Draft Monday. The top three sackers in the NFL last year were interior defensive linemen, so why not try to get your Chris Jones- or your J.J. Watt, Fletcher, Fletcher Cox, yeah. Cox. Aaron Donald is the dream, but why not get an interior player who everyone wants to talk about 3-4 four, or 4-3. Four, you're in sub package 60-70% of the time now anyway, so get someone who can impact the game from a three technique.
1: So my follow-up to that is what kind of voice in the draft room, if you're the Raiders, everybody was sent home, but in the Jets draft room, first year defensive coordinator there, I know he's been successful everywhere in the past, does Greg Williams have? I think you if you're
0: Greg Williams, you have to hope that you've spent the last three months building a relationship with someone in that front office, whether it's Mike McCagnon or Brian Heimerdinger or whomever in the stacking order, you have to hope that you've made the connection with one of those guys to plead your case. To say, okay, if if we can't trade out, please get me this player. Because that, that does happen. You the coaches Often, and they will be more involved in the draft process for some teams than
1: the scouts, they'll have a chance to to profess how important a player is. So before we move on to the Oakland Raiders, let's talk about that trade-out scenario. Because is there a point in this draft where you feel like you can't move beyond that point? Is it 15 with Washington? I, I do think it's
0: 15 if your goal is to get an edge rusher. If you have identified, and you have to do that with a trade, you have to identify, okay, if we move back to 15, we have that many players that we like. Yeah. So I think 15 is the breaking point because you could probably still get Brian Burns and fill your edge rusher need. There's a chance you can maybe get Christian Wilkins if you want to go for that defensive tackle. But it takes two to tango. Right. And I think that's where the Jets are having trouble. It's where the Lions are having trouble is there are teams that want to trade up like the Houston Texans. But getting someone to come up that far is where we're stuck right now, which is a perfect segue to why. The Raiders are right now rumored to want every player in the NFL draft.
1: Every single person. Yeah, I I said Dwayne Haskins last night. It's no secret they love and Williams. They love Devin White. Some will tell you they love Ed Oliver. So this goes on and on, which is a great job by Oakland number one. It really is. This is what you want, is that people are connecting dots everywhere.
0: It's almost like their GM has media experience and knows how to play this game, right? So, um I love Mike, and he's doing a great job of controlling this process. He must be a big Game of Thrones fan because he's owning the politics of the draft right now. Like, let's move this piece. And, oh, wait, I'm going to call this guy and tell him. Like, Mayock's probably the one, like, hey, somebody call Connor Rogers and say that we're going to take Dwayne Haskins. That's why I got fooled last you know? night. No, I mean, I'm just nah. kidding. I'm sticking no, by I it. hope they take him. I really do because... Um, yeah, it would be And this be goes hilarious. back to
1: the part of the process we discussed earlier is sometimes, you know, people think you get fooled. And sometimes it's not the case. The coaches actually might like the player and they might not win and out. And I'll the,
0: back you up on that, man. Signs yeah. off on breaks. Right. I've heard a lot that there are people in Oakland that like Dwayne Hastings, just like they're. Listen, Jeremy Bates last year liked Josh Allen. The Jets didn't take Josh Allen. Doesn't mean Jeremy Bates didn't like him and didn't vouch and for where him. where is Jeremy Bates now? I don't even know. Yeah, it's probably on a beach somewhere. Climbing <laughs> mountains again. Yeah, oh. so it's important to you know like you're told something I it's from a credible person it could be the offensive coordinator of the jets doesn't mean that's who they're take so i think the raiders will take the best of those two you say quinton williams or devin white and then the tampa bay buccaneers are a, a fascinating team bruce arians basically came out today and said well, we're not trading there are five or six elite players in this class so they're positioned well i think to take whomever oakland doesn't if the raiders take quinton bucks take devin white if the raiders take devin white bucks take quinton or ed oliver
1: ship Gerald McCoy out of town and just go about their day. So with them being one of the easiest teams, what's something in the top 10, maybe top 15, including a trade up that not would surprise you, but would surprise everyone else. Are we sleeping on Cincinnati being in this picture? Well,
0: I think we're sleeping on Cincinnati being a team that could trade for a quarterback, trade up to get their quarterback. Uh, Detroit, it's no secret, Detroit wants out at eight. So if you need to get ahead of the Denver Broncos, that that's the spot you're probably coming to. I wouldn't that sleep- get you. It gets you Daniel Jones, which I know you hate, but it it could get you Daniel Jones. So I think that's that's the most fascinating aspect. It seems like the teams at the end of round one are okay. Like the Chargers feel like they could probably trade for Josh Rosen. They're going to be okay. The Patriots don't feel a sense of urgency because Tom Brady is God. So he's going to play for four more years. And if you drafted someone, they're probably not going to overlap as much as you would like. So I think Cincinnati is a wild card in this in this draft. You know, Jacksonville is, too. For a long time, we've just said TJ Hawkinson or Jawan Taylor. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they took DK Metcalf. I wouldn't be shocked if they took Rashawn Gary. They could really do anything, and it wouldn't it wouldn't be a huge surprise at this point. I'm excited to bring out our guest, New York Giants linebacker Alec Ogletree. Guys, make some noise for our guest! Awesome. Welcome to Stick to Football, man. We appreciate you coming out. I appreciate you having me, man. Awesome. We've been catching up backstage talking. I think we actually just gave you all our questions earlier today. We did so the podcast fun. in the back already. Yeah, so, guys, um, it's just so a rerun. Yeah, yeah. it's a rerun for sure. We wanted to get you warmed up. I'm sure everyone here wants to know the, the burning question. Are you guys going to take a quarterback at 6 or 17? Because they tell you that, right? Okay. Yeah, I mean, they,
2: Gettleman, Gettleman just told me today. I mean, <laughs> no, I don't know, honestly. I mean, we find out really just like how you guys find out. I mean, it's, we look on TV and they're like, oh, we drafted this guy. So, and long that's how trades go down and all that stuff go down. So, I mean, it's they definitely keep it uh, pretty tight as far as, like, what what they're going to do. I mean, but... You know, I, I hope that we just draft guys that, you know, are going to come in and help us win games. I mean, you know, of course, we don't have a lot of the the hoopla going on right now, but nobody's really banking on us. But, you know, I definitely think we're going to get some guys that, you know, come in and help us win a lot of games this year. So.
1: So being one of the veterans left on the defense, does that change your mindset at all? Knowing that you might have a new face of the franchise when you take a quarterback, that's how everyone's built as or a pass rusher in the front seven that you want to bring along. Does it change
2: anything, anything the way you go about your business? No, it, it doesn't change anything for me. I mean, my job is to come in and, you know, help the guys get better and, you know, lead the defense. And, you know, I, I, I take that responsibility, you know, wholeheartedly and, and, you know, I'm thankful for the opportunity. So, you know, for me, I'm going to go out there and do my, get my best, get my all every single day to, to the guys, to help them get better and, you know hopefully that translates into winning games
0: you mentioned the defense and one thing that a lot of us so called experts have thought this year is that this transition to a maybe a new defensive scheme could have maybe it's why olivier vernon's gone maybe it's why landon collins wasn't a priority how much do you look at that and say like okay you might be changing to a, di- a different defense how much does that affect you
2: uh well i've played in both styles um so you know for the thing is is having the camaraderie of the guys, the, the communication from each level, that's what really makes a good defense. I mean, everybody has scheme. You can be in a 3-4 or a 4-3. Um, I think what Betch brings to the table is, is is a great asset for us and the type of guys that we have in there, you know, as far as the OTA is going right now. And you know, we'll see what we do in the draft and the guys that they bring in. But, you know, his defense is uh, an attacking style Type defense. It brings a lot of pressure. It, it creates confusion for the offense, um, and you know he, he put put guys in the right position. I mean, like I said, but you have to have everybody buying into the to the same culture, or or I mean, whatever coach is preaching to us, and you have to you have to buy into that to get guys to go out there and play well. I mean, that to me, that's what it comes down to to being a great defense. And you know, like I said, everybody has scheme. You see each year one defense is a three four, the next defense is a four-three, so it, it really doesn't matter the scheme, but
1: we were joking before the show, you know, you played at Georgia, then you're on the West Coast, now you're over here in New York. how's that move been? Has there been anything that surprised
2: you here, or at the
1: end of the day, is it just
2: football? Uh I mean, it's still just football. Um it's been it's been a uh a, a, definitely a journey. I mean, like you said, we started in Georgia and then Moved to the West uh, Midwest and then out to the West Coast. So and now here, um, it's a little loud. Yeah, it it's definitely is. It's, it's two totally different, you know, vibes that go on from here to LA. But you know, we since we've got here, we've had nothing but a, a good experience. Um, had to adjust to the weather for sure. You know, can't I will say I can't beat that weather in LA. Um, but uh, as far as being here, I mean, I'm, I, I was so happy to come to this uh, to this division because I. – seen it from afar and, and know how the, each franchise is, you know, th- the fans love their franchise and, and there's no, it's no doubt about it. And for me, that's probably the closest thing I've had since being at Georgia, you know. It was pretty, it was pretty tough the the first couple years and, well, all my years in St. Louis yeah. and then the first year in L.A., minus my last year that we we got on a winning streak. So, you know, we, we didn't get a lot of love like that, but you know here the fans are are, are through and through so
0: what is your favorite jeff fisher story because um <laughs> i mean i don't want to hear any 8 and 8 bullshit you know is that wasn't that his famous quote like that was, uh, that was his yeah, famous quote so and, and like i i know we were talking to you before like fish has a bad reputation among fans but like everyone in football loves the guy so maybe you can be the voice of reason and like
2: turn these people around a little bit i mean fish is a is a is a player's coach i mean if you ask anybody around the league that has ever played for fish they'll tell you the exact same thing i mean he take care of the guys he's he's about he's about winning four and foremost i mean it, the eight and eight he's, he meant that and that's true you know but yeah at the same time you have you have to i guess he's the fall guy for that i mean we we the ones that go out there and play but you know, I definitely love playing for Fish. I mean, he drafted me, so, you know, I always had that respect for him and, and appreciate his, you know, him and the, and the Rams for taking me and, and living, me living my dream. Um, but let's see, a good story. Let's see. I don't know if y'all remember that uh, the fight uh, we had with the Cowboys. Like, uh, I forgot what year it that. We went out there and basically, like, he <laughs> was like, he didn't tell us to fight. To say that I would say that he didn't tell us to fight. But, him to fight. But as 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 the the days that we was out there and it kind of kept going, uh, we, you know, he basically was like, you know, don't take no shit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, he we finished that finished that uh, that practice or whatever came back and let's enjoy. It. I mean, he. Had beers and all kind of stuff going on, <laughs> so it was it was it was a good time.
0: Roger Goodell is already investigating <laughs> that, like right now, yeah. right? Uh, and I was
2: saying, <laughs> he didn't tell us to fight for sure.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Fisher's not even in the league, and he's still investigating that. All right, uh, simple one for you: Gurley or Saquon? Oh man,
2: well you know I'm a diehard Georgia Bulldog. So, yeah, there we go. You know he's he's def- he's definitely uh, my guy for sure, but uh, Saquon is man, he he's unbelievable, man. Since the day he came in, you could tell he's just a different type of guy. And that's the same with, with Todd. I mean, I I tell people when Todd first came to Georgia, like I swear he did talk. Like the Todd you see now he did not talk. I was like, man, this dude a mute or something. Then <laughs> <laughs> the first game he got in there, I mean he broke a hundred yard kickoff return and then like the next the next play next time he got the ball, he he scored again. I was like, man, this dude's special too. And so, you know, for when I was in St. Louis, we drafted him, and I was with uh, one of my teammates, Michael Brockers. And I'm like, as soon as we drafted, him, I was like, so hyped for him and, and whatever. And and uh, you know, I know he was gonna be a great a great asset for us. And you know, we drafted corn and the moment he came in, you could tell he's just different. I mean, he the questions he's asked, you could tell he's he doesn't think as a rookie. Like he he already thinks it's like he's been in the league for uh like three or four years already, and he wants to get better. He's trying to be the best, and you can tell the way he works, the way he asks questions is how he's attentive in meetings. And, you know, he'll ask me, like, so if I step like this, what are you looking at, you know? So, like I said, he's he's definitely going to be, you know, a great back in this league.
1: With someone that talented, do you pretty much know right away, like from the first practice, that they're different, just rare?
2: Yeah. I mean, I tried to guard him a couple of times, and he like – almost made me fall. <laughs> and I'm like, the, the, the rookie not supposed to be picking on the vet right now, but uh, no, nah, I mean, he's he's a great competitor. And, uh, um, you know, what I'm i definitely glad he's on my team for sure.
0: Speaking of someone not on your team, though, are you a little disappointed that you don't get to put a shot on Odell running a slant route? Because you guys don't play each other this year, which yeah. um, what what was he like? Just just us three talking. Nobody else. will hear
2: this. <laughs> right. No nah, man, I, I know I know he get a lot of bad rep, but you know, he, he he was a great guy for us. Um when I first got traded to the Giants, he was the first person to, to contact me and, and welcome me to the team. So, you know, that spoke volumes to me for him to be able to reach out to me, even with our past history, which I mean I'm sure some of yeah, you guys know yeah. about it, but um you know, we squashed all that or whatever and you know, Kevin moved, I seen him plenty of times before then before I got traded, but, um, you know, like I say, he was one of the first guys to uh, welcome me to the team, and, you know, he came in and worked just like everybody else. He he did his job, and he did it well, and it was a reason why he's one of the best receivers in the league. So, you know, I definitely wish him luck over in Cleveland, and, you know, if we get a chance to play him, I hope he doesn't do too much against us. Just, you know, let us get a couple of picks and hold him to under 50 yards. <laughs>
1: Who's the biggest shit talker left on the Giants right now?
2: Hmm, my gut tells me it's not you. No, it's not. It's not yeah. me. I don't. I don't really talk too much shit unless somebody's talking to me. But uh, I secretly hope it's Eli.
0: Like I just want like, I
1: don't, like <laughs> it's just like fuck you, Alec. Fuck right? You. Like,
0: yeah, he's actually like yeah, like motherfucking people. Yeah, that'd be great.
2: No, nah, no, nah, that's that's not that's not Eli rule. Um, no, Jack Rabbit's nah, not it either. I would. I haven't seen him play yet, but just being at the fight with him this past weekend, uh, Jabril definitely is—he's a guy that with high energy. That. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, he's 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 definitely with the shits for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do like that. That's a, a a kind of an underrated pick because you think like when you have Rabbit out there and he's. So Energetic. Well, Jeff on a, he's on
2: the he's on the island by yeah. himself out there so he's right. only really talk to the receiver. Right. But I mean he I'm sure he does. He he definitely does his talking to the receiver yep. without a doubt. But you know, I I know Jabril's going to be in that box with us and, and and all that stuff and like I said just being at the fight with him this past weekend and and seeing how he was just so energetic about the fight. You know, of course he had uh, one of his friends fighting too. Um but I can, I could can definitely see him uh stirring the pot a little bit. There
0: we go. When the schedule came out was there one game that you were like, all right, like that's the one I'm um, I'm looking forward to the most? Yeah,
2: Dallas, the first one.
0: Yeah. yeah that's a good one. Yeah. The
2: first one, that first one
0: yeah. for sure. Yeah, you just want to meet Zeke in the hole, right? Just get it over with first play.
2: Uh, I mean, I ain't saying got to be the first play, but you know, we we can we can we can do what we got what we need to do, you know, at the at the time when we meet, um, you know, we open up with a division game and it's you know, no better team to open up with than Dallas. So definitely excited about that one for sure.
0: All right, man. Something we do on every episode of Sticks Football is we take questions from our listeners. So right. you down to answer some questions too? I am down. I am All right. Down. We call it draft on draft, which normally we have a couple of beers when we do it. But you guys can have some for us instead. <laughs> so our, our live audience will be asking some questions. So uh, Jesse, you want to raise your hand? Yeah. Is that a question? There we go.
2: Hey, Alec. I'm a big fan. My name is Antonio. I got a quick question to you. Do you wanna would you rather play zone or man? And um if you like playing each one of those, like do you request the coach to, hey, can you call more zone or more man for you? Uh it really it really kind of depends on you know which team we're playing. You know, some teams they run a lot of man beating routes and you know they try to it's better to play a, a zone against them just because of the scheme that they run. Um so it, it really just depends on which team we're playing and you know how, how good that back is, or tight end, or whoever it is. You know it may not favor a matchup that we like. So you know it just depends on, like I said, the scheme that we play, who we're playing against. All right, we got another one. Here we go.
0: You can stand up if you want to, man. So we can see you.
2: Hi, Alec. I'm a Jets fan. Do you uh, enjoy? Woo! Woo! <laughs> woo! Do, you, do Do you and Jordan Jenkins have a bet on this on this season's game? Jordan Jenkins? Yeah. No, he don't want to bet with me, man. <laughs> He's a Jets fan. We're not, and not allowed Mets to man. anyway.
0: Yeah, you got to take it easy. He's a Jets and Mets fan, yeah, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and before we get to our next question, I want to remind everybody that Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, we're going to be streaming our coverage of the draft live on the BR app, Twitter, and YouTube. So forget NFL Network and ESPN because it's boring and they go to commercial and we don't. Yeah they so, don't live is it is free it'd be me Connor Lefko day 3 Mello will join us so if y'all want like real coverage of the draft we'll be, we'll take care of you don't worry uh, Mello's teaching right now he'll be here soon <laughs> Hey guys Th- thanks for doing this, number one. Um, Alec, I am a Bulldog as well. So All right, go Dawgs. my Yeah, my son wanted me to ask you this question. What's okay. your favorite
1: memory as a Georgia Bulldog?
2: My favorite memory as a Georgia Bulldog was definitely uh, in the SEC championship game against Alabama. And, you know, I was able to return a, a block field goal to, for a touchdown. And of course, my wife went to Alabama, so I tried to throw it in her face a couple of times. But, you know, she, she still has the upper hand on me right now just because... You know, they won. But that's definitely one of my favorite memories of, of playing at Georgia. Your jersey. The, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for setting up the event, guys. My name's Ike. Obviously a Pats fan. Uh, but I Yeah, just... <laughs> all
0: right, all right. I'll take all right, I'll take All right. All right, right, all right, all right. <laughs> just show um, them the rings, man. You're fine. Right, exactly. Um, with the outstanding performance that J.J. Sega Whiteside had at his pro day, do you guys think he goes in the first round? Uh, so I don't think he will. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the top 50 pick. I-, I think you have to be careful of pro days, too. Like, when a guy, you know, do you, when you don't have a combine time or when the combine time of pro day are so drastically different, I, I mean, like, I would want to measure that track. Like, is that 38 yards or is it 40 yards? I mean, did you run at your pro day or combine? I did both. Yeah, was it a lot faster the pro day? Yeah, it yep.
2: was a little bit <laughs> faster. <laughs>
0: like, it always is. So you have to take it with a grain of salt. He's a good receiver. Uh, we've had him on the show. He's a, he's a good guy, but, man. Um. Yeah, I, I think he's a round two player.
2: I think um, they pick guys who they didn't want to run fast at at the combine and versus pro day.
1: Oh, so the clocks rigged.
2: I think so. Something's going on. I,
1: we're you gonna have to do a conspiracy theory the f- episode with you on. This. Yeah, you're not the <laughs> yeah. first
2: player who said
0: that to us either. So, hey, Alec, uh, Giants fan. There you go. Is there uh, anyone on the team that you could beat in a race that we wouldn't guess?
2: Hmm. It's a good question.
0: You got to be careful. There's politics at play here, too. Huh?
2: I feel like I could beat Evan. Oh, really? I think I could. <laughs> I seen him get, get caught by their safety one time. <laughs> and I, was, and I, I thought he was going to score, and then he got caught like, man. So that gave me some hope right there.
1: <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks for putting this event, event together. Um I know first day is kind of where all the excitement is, but is there any interior offensive lineman you like late day two, early day three and Matt, maybe somebody for the 49ers play right guard.
0: Yeah. I'm not a 49ers fan anymore. I don't know if you heard that. So it's yeah, he's uh, also
1: full of shit. So. Yeah.
0: It's hard to pick. <laughs> um, you know, I think the, the run on offensive lineman is going to happen in the top 50, which is going to, it's going to be depleted. You know, guys that we thought would be day two, like Chris Lindstrom and Eric McCoy are getting pushed up because there's not good depth in those classes. So you almost have to start looking at tackles like Caleb McGarry, Dalton Reisner, uh, Michael Dieter, guys who can maybe play multiple positions just because like, we know where the strengths of the draft are and teams do, too. So now we're seeing that happen. I, I think Michael Dieter from Wisconsin would be a plug and play right guard. Um, but after that, like you might be better off taking a like a small school flyer late on day three that you can develop instead of reaching for someone that's not a great a great value.
1: Alec, this reminds me to ask you: uh, How scary is Will Hernandez? He's
2: he's definitely a, a bull for sure. He's he's uh, he the first his first weeks there he had a, a yeah a couple a couple <laughs> yeah. fights with with a, with a guy that's, that's just as big as him and, and just as much of a bull as him. So you know he definitely has a, as as a mean streak in him, man. You know, like I said, he's not somebody you want to run into. <laughs> for sure. Does
0: he um, still wear the like crop top mesh jersey in practice cuz he did it at the senior bowl and we were like, okay, I respect that cuz you're a big guy and you're wearing the crop yeah. top.
2: Um no, coach Coach doesn't really allow us to do stuff like that so
0: Yeah, you know, he too wants bad. to see your
2: number and, and see your name and stuff like that so.
0: Hey Alec, as a Bear fan, I want to ask, what did you see pre-snap on that uh was it the second play from scrimmage where uh you from picked line off of scrimmage? Yep, when, when, I I dropped when, when
2: you picked off Chase Daniel at like the well, he was looking right at me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes
1: it's simple. Yeah, right? All
2: right, all right. He was looking right at me. I, I was on the line of scrimmage, and he snapped the ball, and I—he was literally looking my direction, and like some some kind of way, I jumped up and was able to catch the ball. So, you know, I you know I think it. You know, good hands, and, and, you know, I appreciate him throwing it to me. Yeah. (laughs) Noted
0: NFL starter, Chase Daniel, you know. Didn't really look off the coverage. Yeah, it happens.
1: Alec, right over here, Um, just want to say, for one, I really want to give you a huge shout-out for the career you've had so far. Thank you. You know, being a professional and being so productive, man, it's
2: been fun watching you throughout the years. And I have a draft question for two of the best guys I know in this business when it comes to doing this. Um, I had the chance to speak with Connor about my Colts
1: in an interview. And, you know, with the draft coming up soon, um, Chris Ballard, his name has been involved with a few teams. And the question that I've had, because a few people have thought about this, is the fact that um, is our Ballard and the Colts. Were they involved in some of these rumors and deals because they were actually interested? Or is it because Ballard is typically trying to think ahead and drive up value for whatever the case may be?
0: I think both. Like, honestly, both. And I think that even goes back to, like, we heard the cream Hunt stuff first, right? And it's like, sometimes people just connect dots because Ballard is aggressive, and maybe he's not going to put as much stock into... Like, in Indy, you can handle cream Hunt a lot differently than you could here, or in L.A. You know, it's... So you think about, okay, where can someone go that they would get a second chance? I think Ballard has that reputation. But I also think that, like this is such a cliche, but like Ballard's playing chess and a lot of guys are just playing checkers. Right. And so look at what they did last year. They drafted two all pros. It's hard to be an all pro rookie. It's fucking impossible to have two of them. And they did it last year. So, and then I think this year, look where they're positioned at 26 and they're back on the clock at 34. Like they're just outsmarting people right now with value. He's borrowing some of like what Belichick has done and letting free agents walk to get comp picks. And they're, they're just set up for success. And, and, It does help when you have Andrew Luck. That makes your job a little bit easier, but they're doing a really good job there.
1: I mean, yeah, it's one of the best front offices in the NFL, if not the best front office. And I think one thing he does so well is they want everything to be internal. They want to draft their own guys, pay their own guys. Yeah, they went out and got Justin Houston. That was late into free agency. That's wave two, wave three. So I think when you look at Ballard and the Colts in general, they're actually one of the most slept on teams heading into this season. I think they've done just a good job as the Browns. In, you yeah, know, and so. they yeah. don't get any of the hype. I think they've done almost as good a job as the Chiefs. So when you look Listen at that front that. office, it's a special group. And I think they they are the type of team where, like, you hear their name attached to the Frank Clark rumors, but at the end of the day, they're just checking in on everything. So you got to be careful how much external interest there actually is. Hi, my name is Ali Siddiqui. Uh, thank you so much for being here, Alec. Um, thank you. I'm a Jet fan, so I have to ask the Jet question. Let's do it. Um, so I know you're like in love with Ad Oliver and I've read about the guy, I've heard about the guy. But like the more I keep hearing about Quentin Williams, they keep talking about like how he's like one on one. Like you won't see a player like this again. So like in like the situation that we're in at number three, what would you rather do? Would you rather have Quentin Williams at three, or would you rather trade down and get Ad Oliver a little bit later? In a, in a perfect, gonna, in he's going to have to world. listen to
0: Lefkoe's show tomorrow to find yeah. out. We now, we'll give about it away
1: it. now. But in a perfect world, you do trade down because the Jets don't have a second-round pick. They have a lot of holes to fill. I think, with, I think what people are missing is that Ed and Quinnen, while they're listed as defensive tackles in this draft, they're different players. Ed went to Houston, and they asked him to play nose tackle, and he was playing at about 270 pounds. I know he got up to 287 for the combine, 281 for the pro day. But, you know, it's not fake weight. It's just that's not what he played at last year so. You look at a guy like Ed, he can play on the outside in a pinch if you need to. He can kick inside on passing downs. Quinnen is, is someone that's going to live as a three-tech. That's simply how it is. So Jets are an interesting situation. I mean, you paid Henry Anderson. You have Leonard Williams. So it feels like a couple years ago all over again when they had Mo Wilkerson, Sheldon Richardson. You know, they had a log jam along that defensive line. So when it comes down to it, I, the trade down is the best option. I'm just not a believer they'll find a partner to do it.
0: Hey, guys, thank you for doing this. My name is Justin. Uh, Alec, I wanted to ask, what's the weirdest question you got the NFL draft?
2: Mm, I honestly don't remember. I will tell you that I met with the Saints and the D coordinator. What's his name? Uh,
0: was it Greg Williams?
2: No, it wasn't Greg. Because Greg's was, weird. It was, uh, no, it was, uh, no, his name was like Joe. Or,
1: Not Joe, Vitt wasn't still Dick. there. Joe Vitt.
2: Joe he's with
1: the Jets now. Be scared.
2: I think. He, I, he's think crazy. I think. that was him. Kind was of a sh- short guy. Yeah, I've heard yeah. he
1: erupts in interviews. Yeah, he like
2: cussed me out. <laughs> don't feel bad. You're no, not like, like, like dog cussed me like, like. Yeah. Don't say nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I tried to say it, so he was like cut me off, like, and I, you just know, me, I was react? like, yes, sir. Like, I, I, I couldn't say anything. That was, that, was a, that was by one of the craziest interviews I had. I was. <laughs> I like this guy's
0: hat. It says, make football violent again. Uh-oh. That's
2: what I'm hoping out of the Giants defense this year. Yeah. But uh, my question to you, Alec, is uh, big Giants fan. Uh, you got some young talent, B.J. Hill, Lorenzo Carter, Georgia mm-hmm. guy, big fan of. Uh, what are some guys that you think that you'd want to play with
0: that are in the draft right now on defense uh, as part of Betcher's defense? And who do you guys think that they're going to target at 6 or 17, if at all?
2: Um. Well, I mean, I I don't really like. I said it, it's kind of hard for me to say. Oh, I want to play with this guy from the draft or whatever. I mean, if we draft somebody on defense, you know, I, I'm I'm banking on them bringing in guys that has you know high character and and they want to be here to win games and and you know they're about going 110 percent each and every play and and you know giving it all for the teammates and so you know if we could find a guy like that, it doesn't matter if they play defensive line, linebacker, or or the safety or secondary position, you know, we just, we want somebody in that wants to win and wants to be great and, you know, help us win a lot of games. And and I think to your
0: question about six and 17, you know, it's, everything I've heard is that at six, they want a pass rusher. And I think you look at Dave Gettleman's, you know, history in Carolina, even back when he was with the Giants before, he prioritizes O-line and D-line. And last year they got Will in the second, uh, Peyton a Solder. it it makes sense that this year you would go with a pass rusher. Josh Allen could be there, uh, depending on what Connors Jets do. Ed Oliver could be there. And then at 17, I mean, it's hard to overlook the idea that it would be a quarterback. They've mentioned wanting that situation like Kansas City. You want someone to sit behind the veteran. So whether it's Drew Locke or Daniel Jones or Dwayne Haskins, not Daniel Jones, whether it's Drew Locke or Dwayne Haskins. (laughs) That's um, smart, man. You know, like, I, I think that, That's the ideal situation uh, for them. And then, you know, to come back around, two with an early pick
1: and, you know, maybe try to plug in another one of those holes. I mean, I think if Dwayne Haskins is there at six, you take him, and you don't look back. It's not rocket science for me. Take the quarterback. If he needs to sit because he was a one-year starter, let him sit. 17, there will be somebody really good left on the board from this defensive group of guys that have round one grades, whether it's Montez Sweat, who might be sliding, Burns, Cleveland Farrell is another guy that fits. There's a lot of guys in that group, so... I actually think the Giants are positioned well. I think they've done a good job smoke screening everyone with all this talk. And, you know, maybe their quarterback of the future just falls right into their lap at that top pick. I thought
0: you said their top knee was a linebacker, right? And then we said, like, you had a middle linebacker? No, that one. not no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you.
2: What's that? No, I'm just messing with you. I almost spaced out. <laughs>
0: all right, we got, we got a couple, time for a couple on, more. Two more, maybe. Hey, long time no see. Yeah, what's up? Hey, so for all three of you, I don't care if you've seen them or not. Riley Ridley or Nicole Hardman?
2: Riley Ridley. Oh.
0: Yeah? That was quick. Yeah. (laughs) I think
2: think he has more of, like, the actual, like, attributes of, like, a receiver. I know Nico's, is that how you say his name? yeah. 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 And he's more of a track guy. But if I had my pick, I would definitely take Riley. I've seen his brother play in Atlanta. He's pretty nice, so.
0: I'm going to cheat Clayton and say it depends on what team. Like, because for a lot of teams like Riley's going to be a very good route runner. He's a good possession receiver. But like, if I could put Miko on the Rams, like, okay, that'd be fun. Like I would do that because they would know how to use him, utilize his speed. Patriots, you know, there's just the right teams would find ways to get him the ball, but he's not a conventional receiver. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Georgia
1: guys, right? Right. There you go. I mean, they're fantastic. Two totally different players. I like Miko a lot just because of his speed. I think, uh, he could be even more productive at the next level in an offense that uses him vertically, but Riley's going to be a really good player for a really long time. All right, we got one more, and it's a Jets fan.
0: Yeah, question for Connor and Matt. How high was Gil Brand when he compared Daniel Jones to Peyton Manning? <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, no comment. I don't know what the... Um, I, I will say this, and I know this is like a... PC answer. I respect Gilbrandt a lot because I feel like guys like myself actually wouldn't have a job were it not for the Gil and the Mel Kuipers, and the guys who came before me. Um, so I respect him a lot. I strongly disagree with that take. Uh, I think you can watch Daniel and he moves like Eli, but people are definitely overconnecting the fact that he was coached by David Cutcliffe. Like Alec and I could have the same linebackers coach, and you could tell that he's gonna be better than me. Like it's it's just obvious. So it doesn't matter. Like we could you know it, who coached you doesn't matter if you don't have the skills so um it's that time i remember people thinking that ryan Nassib was going to be the first pick because doug marone draft you know coached him so it's uh, we overthink the draft it should actually be like march 1st because you just have six weeks to overthink stuff <laughs> all right guys that is the podcast uh let's thank alec again for hanging out thank appreciate it man yeah definitely appreciate that Uh, Connor and I will be hanging out for a while uh, here with our, our live audience. Please don't forget, watch the Bleacher Report stream on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday during the day. And also, we will have podcast recaps after every round. So Friday morning, you get a podcast. Saturday morning, you get a podcast. And then Monday morning, we'll be back recapping the whole draft. Thanks again to our sponsor, Manscaped. Big believer in their product. Your balls will thank you if you use it. Um, It really is. It's amazing. So that's our show. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you real soon. Thanks, guys.